Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. After Easter is learning about living between the times, the time of Jesus' resurrection and His soon return. Amen? So that's what we're going to talk about. That's the preoccupation of every Christian who is born again. So let's take a look at this conversation that Jesus had with His disciples pertaining to the fact of what should happen after Jesus rises from the dead. So this question has been addressed by Jesus over and over again. This is just one of those conversations. Beginning with verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot who betrayed him, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Now that's the clue. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and I will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while, while, I, while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not 
be afraid. Jesus spoke about his resurrection over and over again to his disciples. He then told them not to be afraid because they will see him again. And of course, that happened on Easter Sunday. That happened when Jesus rose again three days after he died. And he did show himself to them. But there's a thing that we must see, you know, at his post-resurrection appearance. And here's the answer to that question, right? Jesus showed himself to be alive only to those who truly believed in him. That might be a uh, simple statement enough, but that answers the question of one of the disciples who says, why do you intend to show yourself just to us? And Jesus answered it clearly. Those who truly believed in me will see me. Not only see me physically when I rise again, speaking to the disciples on that first Easter, but we will also see him to the presence of the Holy Spirit, as we know. And we will also see him when he returns. Those who truly believe in Jesus, those who were born again, those who called him Lord and Savior and King, will not only be witnesses to his resurrection, but they will witness his return. We call that the doctrine of the rapture, which is the next great event that will happen before Jesus returns to earth. Now, don't confuse the rapture with Jesus' return. The rapture takes place when Jesus takes those who believe in him first, those who died believing in him, and those who were alive at that moment. Now, we don't know what that, when that day is going to come, but those of us, those, you and I, who await his return are the ones who truly understood the power of the resurrection on that day. The life that we have been given now in Christ must be preoccupied with living it in between those two events. The resurrection already happened. Now the rest of our lives must be given and must be lived out in anticipation for his return. When he comes back, those who truly believe in him will see him first. They will meet him in the air. And that's the great hope of the believer. I know we don't talk much about it anymore in the churches. You know, we're preoccupied with what's going on in this world. We're preoccupied with, some, with, with the political, economic, and worldwide turmoil that's going on. That we forget that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to guide us and live us and teach us how to live in between those two events. And that's why we're here this morning. Everything we do here at church is in anticipation of his return because we truly believe he rose from the dead. And Jesus says, because I live, you will live also. And that's the great promise of the resurrection. There's a lot, plenty more to do after, after believing in the resurrection, and that is preparing ourselves to live out the rest of our lives in anticipation of his return. Only those who truly place their faith in him will see him. Now, the question that Judas asked, not Judas Iscariot, is the question that is central to our message this morning. He asked, why do you intend to show yourself only to us and not to the world? And the answer that Jesus gave was concise, but it has a hint of rebuke in it. He seems, Jesus seems to say, how many times do I have to tell you? 
How many times do I have to say this to you? Those who love me will obey my teaching. I will come to those who believe in me and reveal myself to those who believe in me. And that belief, that faith in Christ has three components. Number one, love for Christ. Those who will see his return, okay, in the rapture, and those who witness his resurrection, the first component of their faith contains love for Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, he's insinuating and he's implying and he's explicitly saying to those, if you have faith in me, that constitutes your love for me. Secondly, obedience to his commands. That faith involves not only love for Christ, but love for his word, enough to obey what he teaches, right? And thirdly, they are given the peace, the peace of Christ. Those are the three components of our faith, our resurrection faith, our anticipation of the return of Jesus. There's love for Christ, there's obedience to his commands, and there's that peace that passes all understanding. These are the marks of a disciple. These are the marks that characterizes us, our lives, as being lived out in between the times. If you're a follower of Jesus, not only do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you also believe that he's coming again. Every Christian has been given that promise. This promise and command was given not only to the disciples back then, but it's also applicable to us today and to those who will believe him until that day comes. We anticipate not only the fact that we're going to rise again, but we will see his return. Now, Jesus specifically said, I will send you a comforter. I will send you an advocate. I will send you the Holy Spirit so that you will, in fact, be able to live out this life in between those two, two times, two events. And that's why Pentecost, which, by the way, you know, many people associate the word Pentecost with a denomination. Yes, we are Pentecostal. But don't be, you know, too hang up with that word. You know, it simply means 50 the word Pentecost simply means 50 days, okay? It's 50 days from Easter. Remember when Jesus rose from the dead? He spent 40 days revealing himself to those who believed in him. 40 days. And then he ascended to heaven. And two weeks later, the Holy Spirit came in the upper room. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And that promise, by the way, is taken from Acts chapter 1 to 10. So we are still living in between the time of his resurrection and his soon coming and his soon return. That's an important mindset for all of us as Christians must have. We must have that mindset. The mindset of living in between the times. Those two events are central to, to, to Christian doctrine. And, and uh, you know, we get bogged down with the things that are happening in the world. We get bogged down by, by our day-to-day uh, uh, challenges, things like that. And sometimes we lose heart, you know. And, you know, we'll see that in the lives of those who actually seen him physically rise from the dead. I couldn't figure it out, you know. 
But 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 life here in this world, you know, they, they can be filled with challenges, challenges not only to our own personal life, but also to our faith and our practice and our, you know, our uh, very walk of faith. So the Holy Spirit came in order to assure us that we can live this life in between those two events. That's the mindset and the heart focus of all believers. We might differ in our understanding of when this event of Jesus' return will come, but we all agree that he will return and all of those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus are awaiting his coming. We await his coming. Make no mistakes about it. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this world today. To lead Christians to live their lives in between the times of his first coming and his Return, his second coming. And before you say, well, pastor, I know that already, please listen very carefully. Because my job as a pastor um, is to make sure that we're all aware of, of, of what the Spirit of God, you know, uh, is, is called to do. What the Spirit of God is doing in our world. Uh, you, you know, it, it might not be what you expect. It might not be something that, um, that you, you, you feel like. You know, you already know. Maybe there's something in there still that we need to discover. Uh, to say that um, we already understand that is, is, to, is to say that, you know, we don't, we don't have to worry about anything else in our lives. Um, maybe you're looking for something else that the Holy Spirit uh, still needs to do before you, you live your life according to you know, according to, to, to those premises, to live our lives in between the times. You know, I, I, we, we have a great deal of, of, of things to understand about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I, I grew up, you know, hearing all kinds of teachings about what the Holy Spirit will do and what, what the Holy Spirit has to do and what the Holy Spirit is in, you know, uh, will be involved in, in, in all of this, you know, sometimes craziness, to put it mildly. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to make sure that God's people, those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, knows how to live their lives in between the time of his resurrection and his soon return. That's what the Holy Spirit was called to do. Well, pastor, certainly the Holy Spirit has a lot more to do in our lives. And you're limiting the Holy Spirit. I'm not limiting the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's not me who limited the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. Look at it from John chapter 16, verse 13. Write this down somewhere. Jesus said, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you of what is yet to come. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is limited Okay? To, to us understanding how to live our lives in between the resurrection and His return. Now, the Holy Spirit will do a great deal of things in our lives. He, he, will, he will bestow gifts. 
He will bestow, uh, you know, words of knowledge and all of these things that we're familiar with that the Holy Spirit dispensed. But make no mistake about it. He has one ministry and that is to lead all of us into all truth so that we can make it. On that day when Jesus returns or before, if, if, if we die, we'll go to Jesus before he returns. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the question this morning is, how do we know that the Holy Spirit is indeed with us and is abiding in us? How do we know that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live in between the times? There are four signs that Jesus himself said that the Holy Spirit will accomplish in us in order for us to live in between the times, okay? There are four things, four signs from Jesus himself. First of all, the Holy Spirit will help us to live wisely. That's one of the marks of a disciple. We live a life of wisdom. Read verses 15 to 16 again. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. In other words, obey my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The preoccupation of the Christian life is to make sure that we know the commands of Jesus and that we obey them. No amount of shenanigans or no amount of all kinds of strategies and methodologies can replace that ministry of the Holy Spirit. Our first priority is to understand what Jesus said and obey his commands. And we know that the Holy Spirit is in us and living in us when we have that desire to follow what Jesus taught, what Jesus commanded, and what Jesus says. Jesus said the Holy Spirit gives us the wisdom to live out the truth that Jesus taught us. To live out his commands. Listen, loved ones, obedience to God's word is the wisest thing we could ever do in this life. Wisdom is living according to the truth that Jesus taught. Pastor, I know that already. Not another sermon on obeying Jesus. Pastor, I've heard that all my life. Many, many times. But it needs to be taught, and it's, we need to ask ourselves the question. I asked our uh, discipleship class yesterday. You know, I asked them what's the first thing that, 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 you know, that comes to their minds when they wake up in the morning. And I always ask people that question. <laughs> I love asking it. And I said to them, if you wake up every morning... And the first thing that comes to your mind is, how can I serve Jesus? Then congratulations. We're going to change your name to hallelujah. You, can, you have my permission. Change your name to hallelujah. But let me tell you something. When I wake up every morning, I moan and groan about the traffic that's facing me for the day. I'm, I'm, I'm moaning and groaning about my boss the job that I have to do, all the cares of life. Why? Because, you know, I, I realize well, I still live in a fallen world. And, I, you know, and unfortunately, I, I mean, I love Jesus, so do you. But, but loved ones, 
Fact of the matter is, we're confronted by the, the, re, the realities of life day in and day out, and we need to be wise about how we even begin our day. And we begin our day recognizing the realities of the challenges that we have to face, but we also know that the Holy Spirit will help us overcome those things. The rest of us, if you're like me, I face those same challenges and we face all those same temptations, trials, and everything. But part of living in between the times is recognizing that the Holy Spirit has been sent by Jesus so that we'll make it, so that we have the help that we need in order to live that life according to the, the commands of Jesus. This is something we cannot do on our own. We need a direct influence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the Holy Spirit gives us the wisdom to obey the words of Christ in our daily circumstances. The Holy Spirit teaches us to trust in the words of Christ, even though sometimes we struggle, uh, you know, not only obeying it, but sometimes understanding it. So the first thing that comes to mind when we face challenges and trials and all of these things in life is to pray and not to panic. And I know you've heard that before, but I'd like to encourage each and every one of us to learn how to develop that instinct for prayer. Okay, the Holy Spirit gives us that instinct. If you're a Christian, how many of you pray instinctively? All of us should raise our hands because we're Christian. I pray instinctively. You know, I, I, I don't have to wait until, you know, the, the evidence of the problems there. I, I instinctively, I, I need to pray for this. You know, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with, with this issue. I need to pray for this. Instinctive praying is a product of our love for Christ, not of fear. If you love Jesus, you instinctively pray. Wisdom is proactive obedience to Jesus and his commands. That's what wisdom is. We proactively obey. We don't wait until something happens before we start looking at what, what Jesus has to say about these things. And I can illustrate this by illustrating, illustrating the difference between my wife and I, you know. My wife uh, has uh, a practical wisdom. She has practical wisdom, but me, I have experiential wisdom. My wife, she's she has practical wisdom. In other words, when we're going someplace that we've never been before, what she does is that she figures out where we're going. That's practical wisdom. Me, I rely on her experience. That's the difference between the two of us. I'm a man. I don't read directions. If you give me something to assemble, like a furniture to assemble, the first thing my wife will do is that she will read the instructions. What will I do? I rely on what she read. You get the picture, okay? Wisdom is something that God has given us in order for us to make it, to get things done, to get things moving towards that anticipation of the coming of our glorious Savior. You know, Jesus rose from the dead, and he rose from the dead, and he showed himself to those who followed him and believed in him, and that was a glorious time in their lives. Can you imagine how glorious it will be to see Jesus face to face now? The person that have provided for us 
everything that we need so we can live this life that he promised that we can live in between the times. This must be true with all disciples, all true disciples of Jesus. There's, a, there, there's that, that instinctiveness in prayer. There's that, that, um, that desire to follow the word of the Lord. There's that wisdom that comes from God. Now, secondly, um, and this will probably make you cringe a little bit, okay? This is consistent with true believers in every generation. And that is if we live in between the times, if we decide to allow the Holy Spirit to live us in between the times, the second thing that will happen is that we will be loathed by the world. Webster defines the word loathe as an intense dislike. Loved ones, this is not something that, that, that we, you know, that we want to happen. This is not something that we desire for us to happen. We don't invite the displeasure of the world. But it just comes from living in between the times. Look at verses 17 to 20 again, all the way to 22. Look at the world's reaction towards the Holy Spirit. Verses 20 to 22, by the way. The world cannot accept Him. Who? The Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But... You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. There's the warning in there. If you're a follower of Jesus, loved ones, please hear me on this. Do not expect the world to love you. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, Your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.